Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is quite a special quarantine edition here that we have going on. We have all three panelists tonight. We have none other than New York's favorite Christian Rosendo. Christian, how are we? I am doing good, Ivan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing okay. Trying to not go crazy staring at the wall. How's uh, how's your hair? Yeah, my hair is really crazy. For those who don't, who <laughs> can't see this, because obviously it's a pre-recorded podcast. I've like a little mini afro going on. Um, hashtag I need a haircut. But how's the epic uh, epidemic center down in New York? Oh, it's um slowly but surely um getting a little bit better. Um, definitely not out of the woods yet. Um, but you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, each day, you know, we just get more positive news and hopefully this thing will be over soon. Nice. Nice. Well, talking about news, everyone's favorite news journalist from Texas is joining us today. He has recovered a hundred percent from his hamstring injury. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you back to the podcast. None other than Mr. Chris, uh, not Christian. <laughs> <laughs> None other than our favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are we? What's up, Queens? You haven't heard that yeah, in a while. Hey, Christian. Dylan, I miss yeah, you. No, do, doing good. You know, just uh, trying to survive out here in the Permian Basin with uh, this uh, this virus and then obviously with uh, oil taking a big hit. So, hang it in there, man. Hang so, the there. world wants to know, at least the audience at least wants to know, is how did that recovery period go for that hamstring injury? Uh, it was a long, difficult process, um, you know, but other than that, it's been good. It's been good. I feel 100%, and that's all that matters in the end, right? That is exactly what matters in the end. And now, gentlemen, we're all here together. The The Trinity has put itself uh, back for a very special edition of this podcast. We are talking all things Club America in the sense that we are talking our starting 11, our best starting 11 in history, I'm excited. In history, that's that's it's pretty broad. Huh? That is pretty to, broad. I think you want to say since we've mm-hmm. been watching, are watching history. I, there I you would, go. That's that. That's much better. Okay, terms. that's fine. Uh, Which in like it would be like, well, for me personally, it would be basically from like 2002 ish to like the current era right now. Um, I don't know the other what you guys um watching era would be. Or watching like time frame. From what I remember, yeah, it it's around two thousand and three ish onwards. For Dylan, Dylan, mm-hmm. this is a very interesting. What is your time frame here? I give myself twenty twelve, twenty thirteen around that time. They beat Cruz Azul in the final, so I won't have. Oh, oh, I have a lot of recent players more than y'all saying about two thousand two, and and those eras. So I think it'd be interesting to hear mine because i don't go back that far and so just the players i've seen i think that'd be an interesting part in this episode it is going to be an interesting debate that we're going to have right now for all of you or it'd be interesting to see what our listeners what their time frame is i think it's roughly around you and mine christian i think that's when uh most of our listeners would have uh kind of accompanied them to to watching america around that time frame now of course even though we have seen highlight videos even though we've seen stock footage of other great players like Carlos Reynoso, Hermosillo, Tena, all these other players, you, they're not going to be mentioned in here because you, we, we didn't have that aspect of being able to grow up with these players, being able to see them week in and week out, and being able to kind of just, you know, 
taken to full advantage because it's one thing to see something that you already know what the end result's going to be like and it's another thing to watch all of this transcend in in time so that is why we are not including some players like Salada, um, like the, the the aforementioned players before as well. So it's 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 gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a very modern uh, starting eleven all time for for us. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. This is uh, this is an episode we've been wanting to do for quite some time now, and and I think the the moment just landed perfectly for us to do so. So uh, we took a long time in thinking hard of what this um, starting 11 was going to look like for us. Uh, we're going to start off. We're each going to go by position by position. Uh, but beforehand, I want your guys' formations. So I want to know what formations you guys picked because um, I think that's going to be interesting too as to what players fit into what roles. So I'm going to start off with the man that hasn't been here for a while. Uh, Dylan, what is your formation for your ideal starting 11? Um, I went with the 4-4-2. I feel like, you know, just keep it uh, pretty standard, you know, simple formation too. Um, there's some things that I think you can do with it too. And the players that I picked, I think it, I think it can gel well. And... Yeah, I just think this this starting eleven that I picked with the four four two can get the job done in 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 uh, Apuntura or Clasura. Interesting, interesting. Um, Christian, what is your formation for your starting eleven and why? Um, my formation is um, it depends because the players that I chose it can either go a four four two like Dylan or it can either be a four three three. Um, as I, as as we start mentioning players and um. You know, in, in the midfield area, then you, you, you'll get a general idea why I think this could transition either or. But for right now, I guess I'm going to just go with, um, I think I'll go with the 4-4-2 four, four, as four, well. 4-4-2 as well. All right. Interesting. Now, for me, I put uh, I picked the 4-2-3-1. Um, and the reason why is because I think uh, my my lineup, I think, works perfectly with that lone striker. Uh, he he will have plenty of help, though, with with the cams and uh, the two the two wide players have uh, have a tendency to cut in as well. So I think um, I think it fits perfectly. You know, it gets a really good balance in the midfield. And I think uh, you get two center defensive mids that I think are going to do quite the work. So it's going to be interesting to hear what you guys have to say. It's going to be interesting to hear what the listeners have to think about this. So hopefully they enjoy that. But uh, let's get right into it. And let's start in the goalkeeper position. Uh, Dylan, what is the goalkeeper you picked and why? Because let's face it, you've had maybe four or five keepers to pick from in, in your time. I'm interested to hear what which keeper is the one that you're going with. Yeah, like you said, about four or five, but I think the two that stand out the most, and if you look at the time period from which I started um, watching up until now, um, obviously no disrespect to Memo. Like, I know what Memo did before, but, you know, up and up until what I've seen, you know, I just don't see him passing, um, in which the two that stand out is Moy uh, Munoz and Marchesin, but I, went, I was leaning more toward Marchesin, so that's why I picked Marchesin as my starting goalkeeper in my 11. And I picked Marchesin because I just love his enthusiasm for the game. I love to see him get pumped up, you know. I just feel like he backs his talk up whenever he whenever he talks. And in-game, you've seen him make phenomenal saves. You've seen him come up big in big moments whenever you needed him to. And so that's why I went with Machisin for my starting goalkeeper. Interesting. 
Interesting. I like it though. I like it. Um, Christian, you're starting goalkeeper. Yeah. Um. Just just to piggyback off of Dylan, I think those are some valid points. Um. And you know, it, he makes a strong case. But you know, obviously, I think I'm gonna go with the most obvious one here. This is a man who literally, for me, redefined. Um. You know what it means to be a Mexican. You know, I guess idol in the in in the world. Not only with spectacular uh spectacular uh performances. Um. Inside, inside uh, the Azteca, but you know how he performs in away games as well. So I think the no-brainer here is Navarrete, obviously, as uh, <laughs> as my starting goalkeeper. Okay, but in all seriousness, though, it's Mexico. Oh, okay, I was like, hey, if, if he's sticking with Navarrete, then that's 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 very all right. <laughs> Interesting uh, keeper. <laughs> really, really <laughs> you're really going with Navarrete. <laughs> I was like, Christian just completely yes, no, uh, turned this around. Yeah, 180, yeah, 180 everything. everything. Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, but of course, Memo Chado. Literally, from the moment I saw him in that final against Tecos, literally, what a, a star-studded game he had. And then just from there on forth, um, it was just it was just incredible to 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 watch him. Uh, you know how his career unfolded in his first stage at America and then how he transitioned to Europe. A lot of hate in Europe, but, you know, for some reason, he still got a lot of media credit. And, you know, and in our hearts, Ivan, I think you can agree with this. You know, we we still knew that Memo was a great goalie, despite, you know, all the pa- all the bad results in Spain and in France that he had. Um, so I'm just very excited to see him come home. Um, and, you know, he's going to finish his career here and it's going to be, it's going to be a legendary one at that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously I think this was a no brainer as to who I was going to pick as well. It's, it's definitely, it has to be memo. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not to take away anything from Marchesin or Moises Munoz, right? Two goalkeepers that, uh, were very decorated with America in their time here. Right. Um, Marchesin a little bit more recent because of what he, he did right with America in, in, in the apertura. And then of course, in the campaign, the campeones taking that penalty, um, so, you, you know, those two goalkeepers will always live in memory. And I think Dylan has a little bit more kind of a close attachment to both of those because obviously Moy is the keeper that he sees start off in goal in America. And then, of course, he sees kind of the rise of Munoz as well as the fall of Munoz. But input in comes Marchesin to kind of take his spot. And then from there on, uh, it's a completely different story. You know, Marchesin, of course, there's a reason why he, he left to Europe, right? Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's a great shout to have all those three. And I think they will go on record. And I think this might be a little bit controversial, but I think as three of the best goalkeepers in America history, um, you know, where does that leave, uh, you know, Celada? It's it's up for debate. It really is up for debate, which I, I would love to have one of these days. I, I think the goalkeeper debate is, is one of my favorite, but, um, you know, to kind of, push things forward yeah it's, it's definitely a troll for me as well um kind of a no-brainer seeing him uh start his career with america then of course falling into the position myself and kind of having him as kind of a role model and a mentor that he, so for me uh there was no other option but a choice but um now that we've got the goalkeeper settled out of the way let's go and let's move on into your defense so talk to me about your defense in, in general as a whole, and then we'll go and then break it down to me player by player as to why you pick that position. Christian, I'll throw it to you first. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what you have in your defense, and then Dylan will we'll go off of you mm-hmm. and then off of me. Um, so, Christian, go ahead. Give me your, your back line. 
your back line. Okay, my back line is going to be Paul Aguilar, um, Julio Davino, Bruno Valdez, and El Gringo Castro. Interesting. So you said Paul, Julio? Paolo, Julio, Bruno, and El Gringo Castro. Gringo. Okay, now, explain. But my first question to you is, why Julio in that center back partnership? And why Gringo Castro on the left? Okay, so, Julio Davino, when I first started watching him, obviously, um, this, this came more when I started, you know, really paying close attention to America. Um, you know, he, he just seemed like, like a rock back there in, uh, in defense, especially in the, in the 05 final versus Tecos. Um, literally, he was, making, he was making plays that, uh, you know, for me at that time, you know, were almost ahead of his time and, you know, coming up for, for, uh, for, for corner kicks and, you know, really solidifying his position uh, when, when it was time to, to defend. He always knew when to step. He, he was very precise in his passing. He knew how to come out with the ball and make a precise, uh, precise pass and not really get flustered like, like uh, see, uh, center backs tend, tend to get. Um, so I think, I think this is uh, kind of a, a, a no-brainer because I think Bruno as well is, is kind of a, a player like that. Um, even though right now we, we kind of criticize him a little bit more, but I think Bruno, for, for, what, for what it's worth, you know, he deserves to be in, in America captain as soon as Paolo Aguilar leaves. Um, and he, he as well just kind of gives me flashbacks of what Davino uh, did back then. So I think I just had to pick both of them because they're literally almost the, the same exact player in, in a sense. Um, Gringo Castro on the on the left. Well, this was around the time where um, where I started taking soccer a little bit more seriously. And then the first position that I was put was in that in that left back position. And uh, you know, my my dad used to show me show me videos of of America. Obviously, since he was an America fan, and we 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 would go we would go in and see like you know what position I would like playing. And you know, I just see this guy just like running down the field, just like ma making plays. And I'm like, oh, he, he, that, that you know that, that's a good midfielder. He was like midfielder, not that's a defender. Like really, and it's just the way he he analyzes the pitch and when when he tracks back, it it was so so new to me, and it was it was really really you know stunning to see. Um, him kind of redefined that position for me in that period of when I, when I started playing the game. So I just had to go with him on the left. This is interesting. Um, I'll let you get to the Paul Aguilar pick. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, but okay. because uh, Gringo Castro was predominantly on the right as well. I, I know he could, he could manage both both, right. both sides of the field properly because I think uh, you see yes. in that 2005 championship, Gringo Castro gets pushed out to the, to the right because then you have a kid come in the likes of Oscar Kevin Rojas, and then he starts playing Oof. on the left, right? So uh, it, it was interesting yes, to sir. see that you put Gringo on the left rather than what most of a lot of people would mostly remember him at is that that right back position. Um, but I think it's a good shout. I think well, it's a good shout. I like yeah. it. I, and of course, Paul on the right. You know, I, I can't take Paul off the right. Yeah. You know, that that guy's a legend. Despite everything what everyone says about him right now, including us three, the guy the guy has done so much for us and he has shown time and time again what it takes to be an America captain. And I will forever be grateful for that. And, you know, this is the, uh, the kind of one of the first captains I started watching America very like r religiously and you know just the, everything he's done from from America to to the Mexican national team you know I, I, I feel like most of most of what he does doesn't get recognized and I would even say he's probably one of the most underrated players we have ever had 
on America and probably one of the most underrated players on the Mexican national team. Um, just his worth ethic and, you know, when he was, you know, a little bit more more younger, just the plays that he did. And he, he, he was very clutch in, in, in a sense. So I think I think Bawalaga deserved that right that right hand spot. Interesting. All right, Dylan, give me your back line. Uh, so my back line, um, uh, Pablo Aguilar in that right back spot. Then I have uh, Mosquera, Pablo Aguilar, and Miguel Ayun in left back spot. This is interesting. Um, give me, give me your center back partnership between Aquivaldo Mosquera and um, and um, Pablo Aguilar. I, I, that's a very interesting one because we know, obviously, Pablo, the great goal scorer, but now, uh, of course, wearing a Cruz Azul jersey. I'm interested to hear why why he took your um, your starting center back spot. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, he scored some some pretty important goals for America in his time here. Um, uh, I just think, you know, uh, he he was solid as a defender, and I, I just I feel the same way about Mosqueda too. You know, a solid defender, uh, despite what uh, Anjarena said about him being made of plastic. <laughs> you know, which yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't agree with. Yeah, but you you know Mosqueda too. You know. One of the very first defenders, you know, next to uh, Maza too, Rodriguez, which um, I feel like Mosqueda just was like, was just clinical in the back line. You know, I felt like he was a very good defender. I felt like he needed to step up when he needed to step up, and he did that a lot, you know. Obviously, seeing, seeing him lift the title with the Medica, and so that's why I, that's why I went with him. And then for Balagula, too, you know, you, you, just that aerial threat you have with him. Um, offset pieces, you know, scoring some goals for America, and you know, and sometimes at at, at times whenever we we needed one, and so um, that's why I went with that those two from my back, from my and as my center back partnership. Interesting. Now, give me uh, give me why Miguel Ayun on that left back spot. For for me, for Miguel Ayun, um, I I don't know why, but like I just I loved his play style. Like I just I just loved the way the guy worked um, on that left hand side. Um, it, to me, it was just uh, it was just almost seemed like he was almost flawless, even though he did have his times where he messed up. But you know, I just I just think right there in that spot, especially um, when he was with the Medica, that it it was just it was, it was just the perfect time for him. Um, he he was he was good with his passes some passes. Um, I just love the way he worked on the left hand side, and for me, just. I just, other than Miguel Ayun, I just can't remember anybody else off my head left back spot. I mean, unless we're going to talk about Carlos Vargas playing there <laughs> or Da Silva. Oh, no. So, I mean, you tell me. No, yeah, that's that, that, that's some pretty good picks. Um, very interesting. I, I like the fact that you also have Paul Aguilar there. Um, anything to add on from what Christian said, or, or that pretty much sums it up, too? No, well, Christian said pretty much summed it up. I mean, I mean, I think for all of us, we've seen... We've seen pretty much a rise for Bar-Yulad with the Medica, and then now we're kind of seeing his fall. Um, you know, despite you know the fact that a lot of us want him benched, even though it doesn't look like he will with Bioho being there, um, he's still a guy that you know fought for the for the badge on his on his shirt, and he still will to the day to the day he dies probably. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, what I'm going with in my back line, I'm going with. Uh... 
my my center back partnership is going to be uh, Akivaldo Mosqueda and Bruno Valdez, and then I'm going with Paolo Aguilar on the right, and then uh, Miguel Ayun on the left. Um, really, Ayun yeah. as well. That's so interesting. So for Paul, um, same goes as, as as what Christian mentioned and what Dylan just said beforehand, right? Can't knock him down. Just so talented of a player, uh, and has had such a stable career with America. Um, it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling how consistent he has been for such a long period of time. Um, and the reason why I have Miguel Ayun is because um, you know this is a player that uh, overcame everything in his career to become a great player. Uh, you know, a, a player that came into America and was kind of looked at as the villain for everything that happened or everything that went wrong with everything. You know, la culpa de la Ayun. Um, to then being able to change that around in that 2013 season and then completely catapult his career to take him to the likes of the Premier League, right? So it's 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 a very good story what Miguel Ayun has done and and has had for America. Who's gonna forget that game? He had four goals against Santos. Um, so it, you know it's 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 a pretty good solid uh, fullback position for those two in my in my mind. Uh, Bruno Valdez, like Christian mentioned, he's just one of those defenders that just goes in uh, great in the air, uh, and he just seems to like not be phased by anything. And that's the same reason why I went with Akiva de Mosqueda is because, it, like Dylan mentioned, you know, he's a center back that just knew where to be. He knew where to plant himself. He was never the fastest player, let's face it, but he was smart. And he has such a good IQ of the game that he he was able to read plays he, and he didn't have to rely on his pace. He, he knew that he could rely on uh, his surroundings, right? So uh, I think that's why he was such a uh, an important pivotal part in reaching uh the final against Cruz Azul and winning it and then of course reaching it again unfortunately losing it to, to Leon but uh y- you know I think you have real leadership behind there with Akibaldo Mosquera and um Bruno Valdez as well um let's move on to our midfield let's move on into all of our midfielders um I'll go first um I, I, I just want to say before before we move on, Ivan, is how you, you know you're talking about Mosqueda and how he he could uh, had a, didn't had to like um, how did you say it? Rely on his pace. Sometimes like depend. No, his surroundings. Yeah. yeah so basically, they're saying he had to rely on a muzzle that he gets. <laughs> no, he knew how to play off <laughs> them. Is what I'm trying to say. Nah. So he, 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 he could you because I think look if if you go back and you look at an at a game and just focus on Akivaldo, he's consistently talking to his defenders at all time. He's saying you go here, you go yeah. there, and he's he understands his players to the to the to the to the fullest, right? He knows that okay, you're not the fastest, so maybe take a step back or you have a bit of pace. So go ahead and, and, and bite a little bit more, you know? So I think that's what kind of ultimately set him apart from everyone is that he used his surroundings to his best of his ability. So you know I I, I, I think Akivaldo's a very good good shout right there. Um and yeah, so let's let's move on into our midfielders. Um my two center midfielders uh, are going to be Germán Villa and Guido Rodriguez. Uh, I, I think there is no reason as to, to explain why Guido Rodriguez is in this pick. And I'd be surprised if any of you don't have Guido Rodriguez in your starting 11. Um, the things he's, he did for America and in the short times that he did to, to elevate himself to being one of the best center midfielders to ever play in an America jersey says a lot. Right, 
especially after his his first yeah, especially season. after his first season, right? With all the red cards yeah. and everything, it, first it, it's, season. It's, yeah, it was horrendous. It for was. Him. He mm-hmm. picked it up. He he put it all together, and now he's a Guido that we remember him for uh, missing that penalty against Monterrey. But <laughs> <laughs> but that guy, I, I mean, there is no more solid player that I think on my list than Guido Rodriguez. The, the the work rate he has is is impeccable. The things he's done is remarkable. So you know, no doubt about it. For me, the reason why I pick Herman Villa is because sometimes I think in the midfield you you need just as much as you need someone that has a good uh good quality touch on the ball and, and has good distribution. You also need a player that has heart, a player that is gonna run and a player that is gonna go in. Every 50-50 ball, even if he doesn't think he's going to make it, he's going to make the effort. He's going to make the, the the fight forward. And I, I think that's what him and Bia brought to you. It, it was it was a player like, I don't want to say these two players are on the same you know par, but it, he reminds me so much of Paul Scholes, right? And this is just that player that you knew he was going to go into every every challenge. He knew he was going to be tough and, and that he had that capacity to kind of you know, talk to the players around him and say, you know what, pick it up. This is not good enough. You represent something more than this. And I think Herman Villa is, is, is the perfect player to have in that midfield. Um, you know, he's he's pretty good at going forward. Uh, he'll do a good job coming back as well. But I think having Guido Rodriguez, he doesn't have to worry so much about that. It's just recovering the ball from the midfield and doing what he has to do to to, to move the play. And... I mean, yeah, that's that's my two midfielders. I'm I'm curious to hear who are your midfielders, uh, Dylan. Uh, I have Guido Rodriguez and I got Osvaldo Mar- Martinez. Interesting. Osvaldito. Yeah, and I, I you pretty much said it all about Guido already. I mean, you, you look at his bounce back from his first season in America. You know, it wasn't what you expected whenever you saw him play at his time in Cholos, especially his first season. And so just to see him do what he did, uh, and, you know, we've always said it too a lot of times whenever we break down the games, you know, we talk about them. And, you know, just sometimes you see Gila do the work of two midfielders. And so if Gila's doing the work of two midfielders, I'll put Martinez there because I feel like you can get that attacking edge from Martinez going forward. And, you know, for Martinez, you're going to get that push forward. You're, 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 you're you're going to get it more than what you saw whenever you saw Guido and Edson play together in, in those spots. And Martinez just brings that to the table. And I feel like whenever I talk about my striker partnership, or you, you know, it could explain why a little more, why I picked him to be in that spot next to Guido. Interesting. Interesting, of course. Um, I mean, I don't have any more follow-ups. I think it's interesting that you pick Osvaldo Martinez there with all the midfielders that we've had come and go from this team. But I, I think he's a good shout. You know, I think he's a definitely a good shout. Christian, who's your midfield? I'm going to have to go with you, Ivan. I picked uh, Herman Villa and Guido Rodriguez. Interesting, okay. Literally, I, 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 I don't know what else, what else to say about... You literally took all the words out of my mouth. Guido Rodriguez is literally one of... The best, you know, CDMs we've ever had in an America jersey. Just his bounce back from his first season, like like how we say, you know, many fans were ready to write him off with with how many, you know, yellow cards and red cards he he got and he costed us, you know, vital moments. Um, and it was just it, it just didn't look good for him. 
then the next season comes and then oh my god what a turnaround he becomes the player that you know we we never knew that he could be and you know each season he just surpassed his level and you know finally got to the to the season where it was time to let go of him so he can go you know and experience his um his european dream Literally, I, I don't know what else to say, man. This guy literally leaves me speechless every single game. Um, and you know, you you made a good point about about Villa. You know, we need we need a scrappy player. We need a player that just plays with heart. And I think just when you have a combination of you know such a you know perfectionist like Guido and you know kind of like that scrappy player of Villa, it, it makes it makes for a perfect a perfect duo. And you know, watching Villa for for the times that I did, he he reminded me like. It, 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 you know that that that's what soccer is all about. You know, to go after every ball, no matter how how short or how tall you were, because he wasn't the tallest guy, Villa. And you know, he he just kept going and going and going, no heart. And I guess that that, that kind of speaks a little volumes to me, only because I'm not the tallest guy either. <laughs> so it just you know it, it just gives me you know that kind of like mentality to you know don't be intimidated by anybody else. And you know that's what he brought, and then that that exactly represents an America uh, jersey. You know. Go out there, fear nobody, and play with your heart out. That 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 is perfectly well said. I perfectly, perfectly well said. And we'll uh, and we'll throw it back to you, Christian. Now that we have your midfield, give me your wingers. I'm very curious to see who your wingers are. Well, um, this is where I got a little bit more uh, complicated because I I do have um Contemo Blanco and Pavel Pardo only because I don't know if Contemo would fit. In the in in the top three when when I had when I get my striker duo, but um I'll I'll just say it now so it's Contemo Blanco and Pablo Pardo. I mean, what can you say more about Contemo Blanco, right? I mean, he was arguably one of the, the the best Mexican players we've ever seen in history. There's no doubt about it. I don't care anybody says that's that that's a living legend right there. Um, just the the things that he was able to do with the with an America jersey. Um, it's, it's literally iconic and, you know, there just, just can't say much more about that. He's literally a legendary player, iconic player, um, with, from, from his, from his goals to his celebrations, to, to his little feints and his little, little skill moves, you know, they, 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 he literally re- revolutionized what it means to be a Mexican player. So Guantanamo Blanco has to be there and Pavel Pardo is another workhorse, another work, uh, you know, ethic player. He reminds me more of like just a classic Mexican player. If you if you go back and watch like videos, like you, you know, he kind of he just has that class that, you know, that you you need when in, in the midfield when you when you're trying to place a ball and you know his free kicks were were amazing back then as well. You know, he he just seemed kind of almost another perfectionist player, but in 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 a more offensive way, and you know the 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 assists that he did for America were were incredible. I don't know if you ever got to see Pavel Pardo play, uh, Ivan or, or Dela Ament, but if you have the chance to go watch him, uh, go back and watch YouTube videos, he's gonna he, he's gonna blow your mind with with some, with some of the things he did with the ball. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, very good shouts too. And, and you know what? It's interesting because I'm looking at your um, I'm, I'm looking at because I'm writing the, them down here, and what you could do so this formation actually fits perfectly you get i think you still managed to to work these players in before you talk about your two strikers you might be able to pull off a diamond formation in the midfield so i mean you have Cotabo Blanco mm-hmm. in the camp yeah you have Pardo on one side of the center mid you have Herman B on the other then you have Guido Rodriguez side. playing Guido that center Rodriguez defensive midfield. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a good shout that is a really good shot i'm 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 interested Okay, all right, Dylan, give me your wingers. This is gonna be an interesting one. 
Um, on the right, I couldn't think of anybody else. This might be a little controversial, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, Renato Ibarra. And on the left, um, the the man, the myth, the legend himself, who gets hated, and for some America fans, gets uh, gets some love. I have to go, Miki Arroyo. Ooh, <laughs> good shout, good shout. Okay, okay, Let, let's let's start off dissecting this first with Miki Arroyo. Why do you have a player that I personally do not rate highly at all? Okay. Oh, Christian, how do you how do you rate him, Miki Arroyo? Um. I think he was a good player off the bench. Um, it just seemed like every time he started, he couldn't find his rhythm, which is weird because as soon as he came in as a sub, he he fit in right away and he was the ultimate game changer. Um, I guess just some players are like that. But um, if you go, if you want to talk about players off the bench, I would highly, highly rate Mikel Arroyo up there, one hundred percent. I feel like the way you just described him starting and then coming off the bench, I feel like we just described anybody went to. Oh, yeah, it could be like that, but Ibaragun yeah. is, is a little bit more inconsistent. I, I feel like Arroyo was a little bit more consistent when he came off the bench. I just I just feel like you, you get you get Arroyo in there, you know, then, you know, I feel like you have to have at least one free kick taker mm-hmm. in your starting 11. I just feel like that's the guy to just do it all right there. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I, I give it to him. Like, he wasn't consistent. He had his moments where, like, he did not show up whenever we needed him to show up. But at the end of the day, this guy had great free kicks. You know, the times that he did show up, you know, that's what you just wanted to see for him every weekend and week out, even though you didn't get it. And so I just felt like Mickey Royal would just gel well with this squad, the squad, especially with Leon right there on the left. And so. No, yeah, um, it, it, I think I think it's a good shout for for Dylan to have Mickey Royal on the left hand side. Uh, you know, it, America hasn't really been blessed with um with wingers in, in recent time, Christian. So let's let's, let's be honest. Yes. So, especially down yeah, that, that left hand side. Yes, of course. That's why I was a little bit more like like, do I put wingers in here or do I just put you know Bartolo and Demo there? You know, so I I just ha- had to say it you know right away. Yeah, uh, you know, but I mean, the arguments could be made to even put maybe Linus there, who only have a, a brief season, but you know, the impact he had. So I'm curious as to why he he picked Arroyo, and he I think he explained it perfectly as to why. So I, I think it's a good shout. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good shout. Um, obviously Dylan would not be on that side. Um, you want to give a little bit of an insider as to why him? Um, I think like you said too. Um. You probably could have put Linus there too, and maybe make an argument. I know you started there a couple times, but just off the top of my head, you know, I couldn't really necessarily point anybody else out and play on that right hand side other than him. You know, um, he gets to America. You know, he's doing a lot of great things, but then now, you know, it just seems like you know it's it's overdue. Maybe he can look for a fresh start somewhere, and then all of a sudden, you have all this controversy with this legal stuff he's going through. So that's why I said maybe if I pick him, it'd be a little controversial, but I don't know. I just I just felt like he was the right fit for this squad and then for me and this team whenever I pick my starting 11. No, oh, yeah. I, I think it fits perfectly uh, for what you're trying to go for. So uh, there you guys have it for Dylan's side of things. Now, for me, my two wingers, um, and, and one could be technically kind of like Christian in the sense that maybe he wasn't really a winger, but I think uh, the way he plays, and, and, and I think he actually even played on that side for, for a bit uh, 
before he left America. Um, but for me, uh, on the right hand side is Renate Barra. I, I don't think we've seen anyone come into an America uh, team and ratify that right hand spot the way Ibarra has done. He, he, there's a reason why Piojo is so reliant on him because he's he's so uh, he's so fast. He he's very gifted on the ball and, and he he brings a little extra that. Even now, to this day, we're seeing America lacks whenever he's not on the pitch. Um, and then, if you're thinking left, left mid, left wing, um, I'm going with Piojo Lopez. I'm going with uh, with Claudio Piojo Lopez. Uh, the reason why is because he's he, he's one of those versatile players that it, you, when you see him play, and Christian, I know you saw him play plenty of times. He was so fast on the ball, right? Of uh, he, he's tremendously fast. He has great control. He has. He has a great speed and he has a great great vision. great vision and he has a great dribbling uh, to him as well. So I think he fits perfectly in that left mid left mid or left wing spot for me. Um, I you know I'm curious to to hear what 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 you have to take on it because I know Christian's not really a Piojo uh, Piojo Lopez uh, you know uh, fanatic in a sense or expert, but I, I know you saw him grow up. So what, what what's your take on Piojo Lopez in my starting eleven being on the left hand side? I think it's a good shout. Um, I, from, from what I remember of Piojo Lopez, he, he was one of those players who, you know, he, he was kind of labeled as like, like, you know, that, like, like that big player, you know, just coming to America and, and, you know, for, for the most part, he, he did things correct. Uh, it's just, you know, towards his end of, uh, of his, of his tenure here at America, he kind of died down yeah. a bit. And I, I, I guess that's why I didn't really include him in my 11, but for, for the times that he, that he, that he was good. I mean, he was excellent. And I think I most vividly remember, you know, the the Ochoa pass to him in the final, where you know he just shrugged off two players, and we, like you said, with that drib- uh, that great dribbling capacity he has to him, um, and just like you know, the the finishing technique that he had, um, it was it, it, it was impressive to watch. So I, I it's a good shot to have him there on the left hand side. So yeah, exactly why I have Piojo Lopez on there. Um, I think two very fast and capable players that have good technique on the, and um, yeah, th- those are my. Uh, those are my wingers. Now we're going into our last two players. The reason why I say last two players is because for you guys, it's two strikers. For me, it's a cam and a striker. But uh, this is my up to uh, partnership. I'm going with Cuauhtémoc Blanco in my cam spot. And I'm going as my striker, Salvador Cabañas. So, awesome. why Blanco and why Cabañas? Well, like Christian said, there's... It's kind of no debate, right? It's hard not to think of a team where he doesn't fit perfectly because he moves the ball in ways no other player can. And I think that's why he fits perfectly in my starting 11 because I can have two very center defensive mid, very defensive mind players at times with Guido and Villa and not have to worry about production up front because I know Cotomo Blanco can, one, come in deep, receive the ball, and get the play moving, or two, receive it in his side of the, uh, on his zone of the pitch and being able to create out of nowhere something magical. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, Christian, I, I, he, 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 he gave life back to to the mexican americanismo in a sense that you hadn't had such a a prospect like that um and of course everything that he he represents for for not just america but for mexico in, in general right a player that shocked the world in korea because of his guatemia right uh, a player that mm-hmm. made his himself kind of uh you know a, a, a living legend and yeah you know it, 
we could sit on hours and hours and talk great about Cotomoc Blanco, uh, but I think there is no doubt as to anyone that uh, why me and you have him on here. Um, it, it, it's of quite course. plain and simple. And uh, Salvador Cabañas, why? Uh, over the likes of Jimenez, Chucho, uh, you know, Inform, Peralta, all those players, I think it's because he, you don't make him like that anymore. You know? Oh, no. It mm. is a player that was able to do practically almost everything and anything on his own. Um, there's there's mm-hmm. a time in which Memo and Cabanas were the only two that were keeping America afloat for a long time. And um, I, I think, you know, his physique, uh, the, the way he was able to shrug people off, like, the, the way that he was able to kind of finish plays all by himself. I mean, I mean, he single-handedly started um, the the Maracanazo that we were able to do against Flamingo. Um, it, you know, it's just, I don't think there is a better striker that has put on an America jersey that I have seen in my time um, in, in the way that Cabaña has. And uh, I, I think he's up there. And there's a reason why he's still loved and respected by so many Americanistas to this day is because he is and he was the embodiment of what this team was. Um, and, and he still to this day holds the colors very true to his heart. Um, and and I, I think you just don't get strikers like that anymore so i think Salvador Cabanas for me has to be my my striker um so now i'm curious to hear uh your take on 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 your strikers dylan who who are your uh who are your top two you know you gave shouts to them uh when you're talking about Cabanas and you know what you said about Cabanas i i i totally agree with but obviously we're doing what we who we've seen, and I've never I didn't see Cavani's put on the medical jersey and see him play. But I also think this one could be a very good partnership that we didn't really necessarily ever tr- truly see. And I think it was the Raúl Jiménez and Chucho Benitez partnership. Yeah, we didn't get to see it flourish the way that we all intended it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But um, I go with I go with these two because one Raul just you know he come, he's coming up from uh, the academy you know just seeing this player grow from from his the time he stepped on and you know just to see his his work ethic in that America jersey because you know I I think it's no no surprise you know, him seeing him represent the colors him feel the colors because obviously he, he went through the system you know playing playing with the America. And then Chucho Benitez too. I mean, just I don't, I don't even know how to describe Chucho Benitez. I just I still remember the day that uh, I found out he passed away. You know, I was just heavy hearted. You know, because I saw him grow up. Uh, well, not necessarily grow up, but I saw him wearing an Omega jersey and just see play, just see him play lights out in that jersey. And you know, you got to see some of it, like I was mentioning toward um, uh, some of it before uh, Raúl had left, and then obviously. Um, Chucho had left too, and so it's just something that we never got to see flourish out the way we wanted it to as a medic offense. No, yeah, I, I, I think that's a very good argument, and it would have been very interesting to see that uh, come to life. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't because of uh, everything that happened. But I'm curious and and, and very interested in, in your starting front line, uh, Christian. Now, give me your striker partnership, which is going to be very interesting. Yes, my two strikers are, you know, I'm going to take one one from each. I'm going to take Cabañas from Ivan, and I'm going to take Chucho from Dylan. 
Um, let's see, where do I start? Let's start with Chucho. Um, you know, Chucho reminds me of a, of a player who, who, you know, just, just has no fear, man. And whenever he has the ball, he knows what to do with it. You know, you know, th- three passes before he even gets it. You know, that's the player he was. Um, and when he got on the ball and when he saw an obstacle, you know, he he, he overcame it. it. It was just incredible to see a player with that physique, with that pace, with that, uh, with that you know, uh, definition of a shot. He... He knew how to how to finish games, and he knew when to kill the enemy. And you know that that is a lethal striker. And you know I dare to say right now we have never had a striker like Benitez since um since that that time. And of course, rest in peace. You know it was it was a shame how how everything ended for him. And honestly, if he would have stayed in America a little bit longer, I think he literally would have would literally would have been remembered as probably one of the greatest. Uh, if not the greatest striker to ever play for America. Um, that's how good he was. Uh, Cabanas, on the other hand, you know, that guy is class too. You know, he, 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 you said it perfectly. They don't make him like him anymore, man. He, he literally took, you know, the elegancy of soccer and then the street side of it, mixed it into one. And that's really Cabanas for you. He, he literally did everything from going on the wing to playing, to playing as a striker to, you know, making free kicks to making goals that, you know, from impossible angles that we didn't even know was even possible. Um, it, was, it was truly a treat to watch. Um, unfortunately, you know, another player who's, whose career got, got shortened as well. It's just, you know, th- you know, those players don't deserve things like that. And, you know, Cabanas was really another player who, who opened my eyes and really got me to to think that you know player you know this this is how you this is how you're supposed to play for uh, football you're supposed to play like this you're supposed to you know not take no for an answer no no intimidation of whoever's in front of you um literally make something out of nothing you know most players just give up and you know and you know become a diva whenever whenever things don't go their way but you know he has five players in in, in front of him okay he tries whatever he can to try to get out of it and nine out of ten times he gets out of it um, he, he was a magical player and, you know, that's a player I will never forget ever watching. Yeah, it, it is. It is quite, uh, can, uh-huh. go do it. Can, can we just go back to what Christian said about Chucho Benitez and about his shot? I mean, cause I want to say whenever I saw Chucho Benitez shoot, I just felt like that shot was just butter, <laughs> just smooth selling. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it was just, beautiful. Like, I felt like he didn't even have to like try. Dude, dude this is. Do you guys remember the game uh, in in Pachuca when we were down? We had to make that comeback, yeah. and he had uh, was it a hat trick yeah. or four goals? Yeah. But whatever, dude. It yeah. literally all the goals literally were were, were were kind of difficult to make. And the one I remember correctly was the one where he's like inside the box, and he he cuts one, cuts two, and he literally places it top top left corner like it was nothing. Just top bins. Like it was nothing. Top bins, and I'm just like, what the hell was this? Like, it, it it's tr- truly amazing when when you watch, and you know, it's it, it it's a shame that you know may, may, maybe in in another lifetime we got to maybe we get to see these two players at their prime, Cavani's and future, because I think it'd be a joy to watch. Oh, it would have been a tremendous joy to watch both of these guys go yeah. go at it. Uh, I, I think any of these uh, start starting oh, eleven yeah, would have been a treat squad. to yeah, watch. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, I, I was kind of doing some of the the, the numbers here and. Uh, Christian's formation is actually the one that features the most Mexicans. Uh, you actually have seven Mexicans. Uh, you have seven Mexicans. That's that's a lot. Dylan, you're coming in uh, with only three. Um, I must say, probably like two or three, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm coming in with uh, with five. Um, so that's I, I think that's a little another interesting point to have as well, because um, there's always that debate as to how many Mexicans and foreigners with the league and with these teams. But um, either way, any of these uh, any of these teams would be quite the treat and quite the joy. Um, do you guys think these these lineups that we put out that uh, any one of them could go out there and win the win win the clausura right now? I mean, in all, all the primes, I think we'd go undefeated, honestly. I I just think you know with the way Raul was playing, I don't even think that that's prime Raul, but I mean, like it, he sure was building to it. And just imagine, like you know, if he stayed with the Medica, like where his prime would be now, because I mean, the way he went with Atletico and then it went to Benfica, I mean. A little bit of some wasted time there for him, but of course, mm-hmm. yeah, shame. But I mean, but yeah, it's a shame, yeah. But at the end, you know, you see him the way he played, the way he scored, you know, the you know the calm, cool, collected when he's taking the penalties. I mean, imagine how he would be now, and then all of a sudden make his move to Europe if he still wants it. But I mean, that, we're not even talking about Earl's prime at that time. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um. Another thing that I kind of want to kind of note is that we all have two overlapping players. And that is Paolo Aguilar and Guido Rodriguez. And Guido Rodriguez. <laughs> Does that say that these two players are probably the best players we have seen in their positions for the, ter- the, the entirety of America? Or do you think... I can argue, or, or, yes. Yeah. Right? Or, or do you think there's an argument to be yeah. made that someone else deserves their spot? I mean, there's, there's always going to be arguments, but I think for, for me, I, 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 I would probably argue that these two are the, the best in their positions, 100%. Yeah, I think, I think for me, in terms of Bagulard, um, I mean, I, I, did, I just don't honestly remember any other right back besides him. I mean, like I said, I've seen him in his rise. I've seen him right now in his fall with the Medica. I mean, maybe if he goes somewhere else, maybe he can find that former game but right now it just it hasn't been clicking lately uh, for what we've seen especially and then in the apertura um so i mean yeah unless we want to talk about edson in that right back spot then i mean that's a different <laughs> story and then i mean i think for gila though it's a different story i mean you can have debates and arguments all you want but just just for me i think it's 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 a foggy light nice yeah I, I i don't remember another right back in in the way that paula Aguilar has been for us um but yeah, that's pretty much our starting eleven. Uh, let me give you guys a recap. I'll start off with uh, with Dylan's starting eleven. That was Marchesin in goal. That was Paolo Aguilar, Akibaldo Mosquera, Pablo Aguilar, Miguel Ayun making up the back four. Uh, you had Guido Rodriguez and Osvaldito Martinez running the midfield. You had Renato Ibarra out on the right, Miki Arroyo out on the left, and up top you had uh, Raúl Jiménez and Chucho Benitez. Then we move on into Christian's starting eleven. This is more of a four-four-two shaped in a diamond in the midfield. You have Memo Cho in goal. You have Paolo Aguilar. Julio Davino, Bruno Valdez, and uh, and uh, Gringo Castro on the left hand, and then uh, in the midfield you had Guido Rodriguez, Herman Villa out uh, as well with uh, Pardon Cotomo Blanco making up that for uh, midfield, and then you have Cabañas and Chucho Benitez up top. 
again another good solid starting formation and, and then of course uh, to finish it all off here is mine uh, Ochoa in net you have Paul Aguilar Bruno Valdez Akebaldo Mosquera Miguel Ayun making up the back four Herman Villa Guido Rodriguez in the midfield Renate Ibarra and Piojo Lopez out on the wings Salvador Cabañas uh, and right behind him is going to be Cotamoc Blanco to make up that 4-2-3-1 formation gentlemen that kind of wraps it up for us this has been quite the experiment and quite the joy really to be able to go back in time um, and relive a little bit of glimpse of these players' primes or great moments with America um, I don't know what, what do you guys have to say these were some pretty good lineups to me some really really good lineups um let us know on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, or, or just get in contact with us. How did you guys feel about our starting 11? Did you guys like our all-time starting 11? Uh, would there be a player that you would add or take away? Um, you know, it, it, we really want to hear your guys' side of things as well. Uh, you know, Dylan, anything else to add on? No, I mean, it was pretty fun talking, you know, reminiscing like you were saying on some of these players. And then, uh, you know, just it was interesting to hear y'all starting 11 too, considering the fact that, yeah, I think your players way before like, I even started watching the Medica too and just hearing some of those names pop up. Definitely, definitely. Um, Christian, anything else to add? Hey, man, this was fun. Uh, I'm just re- kind of just thinking back of players like, like Pavel Pardo and Ivan Villa and Davino. It's just, it, it brought back good memories and, you know, it, it, this was fun. I, we, we should do uh, things like this more often. Yeah, I, I would I would dare to say it would be even more fun to give an all-time starting 11 of all the flops in america but you know we're talking about the (laughs) biggest flops that america has had because we have quite the 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 flop list let me tell you we have we have have quite an extensive flop list um so maybe i don't know would you guys be interested in hearing that let us know as well uh if you guys would enjoy that flop list all time starting 11 um but yeah i mean pretty much nothing more to add i hope you guys have enjoyed this quarantine podcast edition of the eye podcast um it's been fun it's been great we want to hear everything that you guys have to do uh, in regards to our Star 11. What would you guys change? What formations would you guys use, etc. And uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Uh, I thank you for making time uh, as well. Be safe out there. Continue to wash your hands. Continue to you know follow the guidelines, Christian. Take care, brother. I know it's a, it's it's quite the it's quite the rally over there in New York right now. Yeah, it's not it's not not a fun time, but you know, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast. Hopefully, this this is over sooner rather than later. Dylan, thank uh, thank you for coming on. I, I know you have quite the busy work schedule, hence why you haven't been able to hop on. Um, and and thank you so much for making the time. And again, you take care out there. Uh, you know, how's the cowboy community taking all this? Oh, I wouldn't even say the cowboy community. It's more like the oil field workers who are the ones that are um, worried about all this mess going on too, especially with. Not many people driving, oil prices down, things are closed. I mean, this this town basically, Permian Basin, if oil is down, any other local businesses are down too. So, you know, it's, it's we're been in a rough patch right now. So we're hanging right, in well, there. Well, all the best of luck to you guys and your guys' family uh, as well to you, Christian. And to all of our listeners, stay safe. Uh, you know, con- continue to, you know. Look out for one of one each other, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the UI podcast, uh, and stay safe. Do what you guys got to do. We'll be back next time for more Club America content in English, uh, and yeah, stay safe out there, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, arriba la América.